all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Take over, over. over. Hallelujah. Y'all ready for the word tonight? How many have been enjoying our Heaven on Earth series on Sundays? Amen. Let's lift our Bibles tonight, make our confession of faith together. This is my Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life and life. Shout it. I am in my Hallelujah. Amen. We want to welcome those watching live at all of our campuses tonight. Amen. We are in the Heaven on Earth series on us on uh, on our weekend worship services, and tonight we're going to go a little deeper into what we've already learned. Amen. You're going to flip to a few scriptures. Go to start. Let's start at Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter six. Ephesians chapter number six, verse seven. We were here on Sunday. Any enthusiastic folk in the house tonight? And enthusiasm means possessed by God. Hallelujah. Ephesians 6 and 7, do you have it? Work or serve the Lord with what? Enthusiasm. As though you were working or serving for the Lord rather than for people. Now notice he doesn't say where to do this, so the implication is do it everywhere. On your job, with your family, with Pookie Ray Ray Nyam. And especially at church. Go to Obadiah chapter 1. Obadiah chapter 1. Now, if you got to go to the front, it's cool. I won't tell nobody. (laughs) I won't tell anybody. Obadiah chapter 1. We were here for the first installation, the message called High Calling. You got it? If you're still flipping, look on the screen. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord. Now, that, 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 that baffles me because what they're saying is, is, is that God started something. It's one thing when folks start stuff about you. It's another thing when God starts something about you. No, I, I need you to catch this. God says, I will start a rumor about you. And make you have to live up to it. See, you think a rumor always has a negative connotation. No, a rumor just means folk are talking. 
God says, I'll make folks start talking about you and make you have to show up and deal with God. Y'all not hearing what I'm saying. He says, there's a rumor from the Lord. And here's the rumor. There's an ambassador among us. So when you go to your job, you're sitting there thinking they don't want to hear about Jesus. But God says, little do you know, I already started a rumor about you. And they already know that you serve me. So when you sit up there being quiet and acting crazy and acting like you're a weirdo at your job, you're not living up to the rumor I started about you. God says, if I'm going to start a rumor, I want you to live up to the thing. Look at somebody say, live up to the thing. Live up to the thing. Two more places. Go to Psalm 2 and 8. Psalm 2 and 8. We haven't looked at this one yet. Psalm 2 and 8. So, so we got this. Do everything we do with enthusiasm or possession by God. Then God says, I started a rumor about you. And the rumor is you're an ambassador. Got it? Folk are waiting on you. Romans says the whole earth is groaning for the manifestation of members. Nope. Of church hoppers. Nope. Of folk that won't submit to the way they're supposed to submit to. Nope. Of what? Sons. He said, I'm waiting on the manifestation of sons and daughters. Not church attenders. That's what daddy's girls have been on the road to issues all about. I'm going to give him what he's looking for. <laughs> when he returns, he's going to be able to look and say, Bishop and Harvest, she gave me what I was looking for. I wasn't looking for members. I wasn't looking for crowds. I was looking for sons and daughters. Okay. Psalm 2 and 8. Because we got to get through this. Psalm 2 and 8. You got it? Look at this. Now, I'm going to read old King James right here. This is probably one, two times you ever get me to do that. He says, ask of me, because I like the word he uses here. New King James says, ask of me and I shall give you the, what does your say? Nations. Old King James got the real essence there. He says, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen. Who's the heathen? Everybody don't serve God. Who the heathen? Who you were four months ago. That's this one. I know you're sitting in church tonight, but don't act like. He says, ask of me, and I will give you the sinners, the cussers, the drinkers, the whoremongers, the crackheads, the dope fiends, the adulterers, the women beaters. Ask of me for them. See, 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 most Christians, though, they're asking for houses and cars and stuff. Now, God says, I ain't even studying that. Seek ye first the kingdom, and I'll handle that. Look what it says. Ask of me, heathen, for your inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for your possession. In, in, in essence, in essence, in essence, in essence, in essence, watch this. He's saying, same thing I told you on Sunday, that there's two important things to me. People getting involved in your church, that's the second thing. First thing is people coming to know Christ, winning souls. He says, you don't have them because you haven't asked me for them. Did, did you see that? One more place, Acts 2.42. We're going to have some fun tonight. Acts 2.42. Hallelujah. 
Glory. Acts 2.42, you got it? It says, and they. They is talking about who? The church. Let's be specific. Bussums. Let me translate for Denver and Colorado people. You all. <laughs> and you all. Continue. How? Steadfast. That means they would not get distracted. Just remember, say, stop getting distracted. You know what a distraction is? You're driving down the road. A distraction is a fly that comes in and you start trying to swat at it. Bishop, what's the fly? A bill? Bishop, what's the fly? Somebody running their mouth about you? Bishop, what's the fly? Some drama and finance? That, that's the fly. He says, and they continued steadfastly. That means without distraction. Look at what they continued in. Because we're going to fix some stuff tonight with your neighbor. You good. That neighbor yours, though. And keeping up gossip. No, that ain't what it says. And asking people questions that ain't none of their business. That ain't what it says. Say a man before I come out there. Shooting the breeze. No. Talking about who shot John. No. They continued what? In the apostles' doctrine. Bishop, what is doctrine? Teaching. Which means when they left church, they were talking about the word, not other stuff. Well, did you see this also had on? Did you see this? Did you? That ain't none of your concern. Say, man, I'm feeling a little apostolic tonight. They continued in their teaching and fellowship and eating together. It's all right to have a little fried chicken every now and then. Just, you got to just change it up, get baked every now and then, all right? And in prayer. Look, look, at what the, look at what they did. They they talked about what they just been taught. So if you got a phone call, you after church, you want to talk about stuff that ain't got nothing to do with what you just learned. You got to I had to deal with you later. Because see, you break an Acts 2.42. Use it legal. <laughs> Fellowship. Look at the neighbor and say, I like you. you. Breaking bread. Hey. And look at what they did. And they prayed together, not gossiped together. They prayed together, not fought one another. They prayed together, not talk about one another. Look at your neighbor and say, don't you run your mouth about me unless you're praying for me. Father, you hear me and you always hear me. Over these next few moments as I share and we talk over like they did. They talked it over. They talked over what they learned. So as we talk it over tonight, I pray that we would continue to manifest what we are, which is heaven on earth. And we thank you that it is so. Taylor, make this word for all of those listening to me now. In Jesus' name, somebody shout hallelujah. High five two or three people as you take your seats and say, let's talk it over. Let's talk it over. Let's talk it over. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, I want to take this in a very pedagogical form tonight. That means a very systematic, line upon line, precept upon precept form tonight so that we can properly digest what we've gone over. We're, we're two weeks now into our Heaven on Earth series. Amen. And, and as we're two weeks into this, I want to be crystal clear that you've got a good understanding uh, about where we've covered. Got it? Because many times when you're in church, you receive it with joy and gladness, but sometimes you miss what's being said. 
So I, I even made a mention of that uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know, the, 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 all, all of the emotional antics and things that get caught up sometimes end up doing a disservice to the word because you can't receive it because you received it with emotion rather than in your spirit. God does not deal in the realm of emotions. He deals in the realm of the spirit. Now, it's, it's quite a paradox that God would give us emotions and then tell you, I'm not going to operate in those emotions. Got it? He, he, God, God, God is not concerned about how we feel about stuff. That's important to understand. Now, he's concerned about the issue, but he's not concerned about how we feel about it. It, it, it was the church that we just read about in Acts, and we've been looking at over these last uh, couple of weeks in this Heaven on Earth series. It was that church that they paid a price to serve God. Today, the most you do is you could change your phone number and quit going certain places. But for them, it costs them many times their lives. For, for them many times to serve God, it costs them their families. It costs them their jobs. They were the social outcasts of the day. Nobody wanted to be around Christians. They called them Jesus followers. Nobody wanted to be around them because they didn't quite fit. They, they weren't quite Jews, and then they, they weren't quite this new thing called Christians. And so they were stuck somewhere in between, and they were outcasts. Nobody wanted to be around them. Nobody wanted to talk to them. Nobody wanted to see them in the marketplace. This it doesn't cost you that. Christianity is the popular thing today. You talk to people, they sitting there cussing folk out, got a big cross on. They doing the booty dances on the video and got a cross and get up at the BET and the VH1 Awards. We want to thank God for what you just sang about. What? God ain't got nothing to do with what you just finished singing about. You talking about let's talk about sex, baby, and I just want to thank God. Because, no, he ain't got nothing to do with that. It's the popular thing. You understand to be a Christian today. You ask people, what are you? I just I believe in God. I'm a Christian. We go to church. I don't believe you need to go to church to be a Christian. Then you're then then you're not, because see what you're doing is you're trying to take see the Bible is not golden corral. I don't get to pick and choose the parts that I want because they taste good to me. Now, this is Wednesday night, right? So y'all can handle this because we're, we're going to get into this. You got it? So so, so, so now we, we ended on Sunday talking about why people, when they begin to serve God, why do they lose enthusiasm? Maybe at some point in your life, maybe you're in that point in your life now where, where, where you lost enthusiasm about God. Bible tells you why it happens. It says the storms of life come and they, they throw and they do this and they come against you and, and you got all of these pressures and issues and nuances and proclivities and idiosyncrasies and you, you go through all of this and it begins to drain your enthusiasm. You've put your faith out there a couple of times and you didn't quite get what you were expecting and because you weren't in a place where they taught you what faith really was... You thought God let you down, but, but you, didn't, you didn't get the right information that said faith isn't about a specific outcome. Faith is in the God of the outcome. Are you still here? No, 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 no. Your enthusiasm, it, it wanes, you know. I, I, I'm very transparent about the fact that I'm a fair-weather football fan. Now, I have my team, the Tennessee Titans. Now, I am with them forever. I'm a little hurt that Jeff is gone, but that's all right. God is good. But now people say, well, Bishop, and you're in the Rocky Mountain region, are you a Denver Broncos fan? Well, that depends. Well, it depends on what, Bishop? Well, if they're winning or not. If they're winning, thank you. Hey, man, you're going to see me in a T-Bow jersey the whole night. But if they're losing, 
I'm going to say something to you like they're doing what they always do. They're self-destructing. But Bishop, what are you trying to say? My enthusiasm for it is based on the circumstance. See, that's the difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is based off of happenings. Joy is mine irregardless of what's going on around me. See, that's what godly enthusiasm about. It, it means you can tell me the worst news of my day and watch me show up to Wednesday Night Live with my hands lifted in the air with the praise on my lips, hungry for the word. Why? Because this isn't an emotional thing. This is an enthusiasm thing. And remember, the definition of enthusiasm means to be possessed by God. Enthusiasm, it's not woo-woo. No, enthusiasm means I am so full of God, I don't have time to be full of trash. And that's the reason I watch who I talk to because if you're feeding trash out of your mouth and you're trying to put it in me, I can't receive your trash because I'm so full of God. And since I'm full of God, I ain't got room for trash. I ain't got room for drama. I don't have room for issues. Why? I'm full of God. I'm possessed. I'm possessed. Look at your neighbor say, I'm possessed. Now, now. We ended this. I got to move. We ended talking about people lose their enthusiasm because of how they view God in their everyday life. Do you view him as, and, and people write these beautiful Christmas songs trying to be so wonderful and poetic. Oh, he marries baby. Okay. Do, do you see him that way, though? Do you see him as a fairy tale? Do, do you see this Bible as a, as a wonderful collection of great stories that, that God did for great people, far more faith people than you, far more spiritual people than you, or do you see this Bible as simply the generations that came before you, and do you see yourself as a living Bible? See, the scripture says you're a living epistle, which means 2,000 years from now, somebody's going to read in the book of you. Your neighbor missed what I just said. See, see, the scripture says you're a living epistle written to men, which means 2,000 years from now, just like we're reading about them, they're going to be reading about you. What'd you do? How'd you act? What'd you pray? What'd you do when you got some bad news? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So, so, so I have to view God so I don't lose my enthusiasm. I have to view him as what he is. I have to view him as king of kings, what does that mean? If a whole bunch of other kings, he run those kings. I have to view him as the owner of the place I work at. Now see, 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 I, I, I need to get this. I have to view him in the totality of his splendor. Because if I do not, I will lose my enthusiasm for him because I think he's a fairy tale. Do you know that many Christians, they're actually practicing atheists? An atheist is one who denies that there is a God. Evidence of my belief in God is not just me saying it or wearing my V or wearing my cross or wearing my WWJD t-shirt. Evidence that I believe in God is how I live because what I believe in changes what I do. But, but many believers, not you, you spiritual. But many believers, they're actually practicing atheists. Because when a storm comes in their life, they don't go to him. They call you. 
as if you gonna fix the problem. Y'all ain't saying nothing in Wednesday night. This is too much. Okay. Just be faithful to God and just keep joy in your hearts. Got it? Okay. So, so look at your, so, so I want you to write that down. How do I view him? That's important. Do you view him? I said this, and then <laughs> I thought about it over the last couple of days. I said on Sunday, I said, Lord, I hope somebody don't think it's him Denver folk. I said, I hope somebody don't think I was talking about a literal person. I said, do you treat him like Kim, like he's Big Papa? And I said, oh, Lord, I hope don't nobody send an email thinking I'm talking about a literal person named Kim. I was talking about the Real Housewives of Atlanta, Kim. <laughs> I wanted to clarify that so that in case you think a bishop was preaching about me. No, I just, okay. Got it. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, good. You must be saved-ish. How do I view him? Evidence of how I view him is by how I live. Got it? See, if you're always getting worried when bad stuff happens, you don't view him like you say you do. Because if you viewed him like you said you did, when something bad happens, you'll look at it and say Romans 8.28. All things work together for the good of them that love them and call according to purpose. Who's that, me? So if somebody gives you the worst news, you'll say, wow, that's, that's great. Why? Because it's working for me. It's working for me. Got it? So, so how do you view him? Now, now, this is important because you got to keep your, your what? What are we talking about? Enthusiasm. Got it? God does not need us to be, you know, pickle juice Christians. You know, you met some saints that every time you talk to them, it's like, man, are you dead? No joy, no peace, no happiness, nothing. Don't have a good report in their mouth. You talk. How you doing? Oh, I just, you know, shut up. Nobody want to hear you. Somebody asks you, man, how's your marriage? That's why it's like that. Because your confession is. You still here? So, okay. All right, good. So, so, so we got to be enthusiastic believers. When, when people talk to you, they ought to be able to see your passion. They ought to be able to see your zeal. They ought to see your fervor. They, they ought to be able to look at you and say, something is on them, and I want what they got. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now, 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 now. The whole premise of this series that we've been dealing with is people say, get Jesus, get Jesus. But that's not the problem. People have Jesus. They just don't know what Jesus has, nor do they know what he does when they get him. You got it? Okay, so so when we talk about this, I just want to review this real quick. Where are you from? Come on, class, let's review it. So I ain't got to go through the whole thing. Where are you from? Heaven. How do we know that? Jeremiah 1.5. Before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Got it? There are people that will argue you didn't exist until the sperm met the egg, and they are liars and in unintelligent. Because the book says, before I was even formed, he knew me. Got it? Now, now, what did he put in you? Heaven. Ecclesiastes, he's placed eternity.
eternity, the word eternity there we've learned in the series means heaven. So you're from heaven, full of heaven. Ain't that something? See, that's, that's why you got the kind of taste you do. You got heaven taste. You know what I'm saying? That, that, that's why everybody else going in there buying a little cheap stuff. And you're like, well, I, can, I may be going through a little something, but it ain't that bad. Because I, I got heavenly taste, man. Scripture says he owns the cattle on thousand hills. All, all he's saying is everything that is, he created for his enjoyment and for the enjoyment of his people. Psalm 37, 23. Got it? Okay. All right. So you're from heaven. You're full of heaven. Got it? But God has to take you through the process to get the hell out of you so that only the heaven comes out of you. See, the scripture says that out of the abundance of the heart, the word there is cardia, which means mind, out of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak. See, you're saying and doing what you're full of. So what God says is, I got some drama, some trouble, some trial, some tribulation, that if you fight me trying to take the hell out of you, I'll let it beat the hell out of you. This is Wednesday night. Come on, I thought we were mature. Got it? See, because watch this. Uh, go, uh, go to Hebrews 12 real quick. I want you to see this. Go to Hebrews 12. Go to Hebrews 12. All right. Bishop, what is hell? Do I have like a man with uh, pointed ears and a pitchfork and a little red tail? No, that's not hell. And if you read your Bible, you'd realize he ain't even there. You got to come to Bible college. <laughs> he stands before the Father accusing you day and night. Now, I w go to Hebrews 12, and I want you to go down to, uh, let's look at verse number uh Verse 25. You got it? Now, we've looked at this before, but I want to make sure you get this. Because remember, my contention to you is that if you resist, see, most saints resist God. They start going through tough times, and they start rebuking and binding the devil, and, oh, Lord, just get me out of this. And God is saying, if I get you out of this, you will be incomplete. I didn't take out of you all I needed to get out of you. And I didn't place in you everything I needed to place in you. So if you fight me, what you're fighting is what I'm trying to get out of you. Which is heaven. Are you getting this? Okay, look at your neighbor and say, quit fighting God. Now look at this, Hebrews 12, 25, you got it? See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape uh, who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away he from speaks from heaven. Who's talking about? God. 26, watch this. Whose voice shook the earth. Sometimes the, the rumbling you feel in your life is not the devil. It's God's voice. Because sometimes God says, you don't listen to me when everything's good. Come on. Can we be real tonight? God says, so I got a way to make you listen to me. So that when I speak, your earth, your topography begins to shake. Okay. Now watch this. It gets gooder and gooder. That's what country folks say for better and better. Okay. Look at this. Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also what? Heaven. 27, look at it. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken. 
as of the things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Got it. So God says, when I speak, I'm trying to get your attention. And sometimes the way I get your attention is your footing gets off. What, what happens in an earthquake? You can't quite stand up because the earth under you is shaking. And you don't quite know if you're coming or going. You're up, you're down. What's going on? God says, I'm talking and I'm trying to shake everything that's not supposed to stay there. And if you try to hold on to everything in your life that God's trying to shake, God says, read the next verse, you won't be able to receive the king. Because you're trying to hold on to Leroy. You can't receive the kingdom because you're trying to hold on to Kishanim. You can't receive the kingdom because you're trying to hold on to religion. You can't receive the kingdom because you're trying to hold on to what you did in the 90s. But God says, I got a new program. And the program is called the kingdom. When I'm bringing the kingdom out of you, stop fighting me. He, he said, he said, 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. You get what I'm saying? So let's, put the, let's connect the dots. God says, I'm getting the kingdom out of you. What is the kingdom? Heaven's attributes on earth. Got it? So when I say the kingdom, that's interchangeable with the phrase heaven on earth. Luke 17, 21 says the kingdom of God is where? Within you. Got it? Okay. So God says, I'm trying to bring the kingdom out of you. Heaven. Which means you can walk into a bad job. But when you show up, you can walk into a messed up environment. But when you show up, you can have a crazy family, but when you show up, you can have financial issues, but when you show up, do you know Jesus never worried about anything? Why? Because he knew when he showed up, because I am the kingdom on the earth, whatever I need is going to manifest itself. Y'all need to eat? Guess what? There's a little boy here that bought his fish lunch. And he got two loaves of bread and he got some fish or five loaves of bread and two fish. And, 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 and he's here. Watch this. Because y'all are hungry. I'm not worried about eating because I'm the kingdom. He showed up because he knew y'all were going to be hungry. Because you're with me. Because you're with me, your need gets met. Because there is no lack. Where? In heaven. Come on. Y'all get this. Okay. So he's trying to bring that out of you. Got it? And God says, but if you're fighting me, my only recourse is to talk. And when I talk, I shake the earth up under you. What's going on in the world today, Bishop? Listen, let me just go ahead and bust this bubble so you ain't got to worry. We got time. Unpack your bags. Let me just go on and fix that. We got plenty of time. Bishop, how do you know? Because his body, his bride is not a woman yet. She's still a little girl. That's how I know. That's how I know. 
Summertime pickup. Bishop, what are you talking about? Come to Bible college. Okay. Well, watch it now. Uh, uh, what's going on in the world today? God says, I'm talking. But, but are my saints listening? I'm trying to get their attention that what they've been putting their faith in, which wasn't me, I knocked all of that down. Why? So they could get an understanding that at the end of the day, if their faith and hope is not in me, whatever their hope is, in, it won't last. You're not getting it. So God says, when they laid you off, I shook the earth. Because I needed you to realize they are not your source. They're a resource. And God says, I needed to make sure your faith wasn't in them. So I spoke, and when I spoke, I shook. Are you getting this? Touch your neighbor and say, don't fight the shaking. We are notorious as human beings for not liking change. And, and I tried to position my life. Let me tell you, it's a very practical thing. You can pray for it all day long, but you got to be practical. I try to position myself so that I, I am always used to and appreciative of change. Matter of fact, I used to. I haven't done it lately, but I, I used to move my entire home around so that I could get used to change. No, I need, I need to get this. Every 30 days, you come in my living room, it was a whole new setup. And you couldn't get comfortable looking at the setup. So I don't do it at home now, so I do it in my office. You come in there every couple of weeks, it's something new in there. Something new moved around, something changed. Why? Because I need to not be so married to what he said that I missed what he's saying. God says to Isaac, Isaac, go up and sacrifice. Or God says to Abraham, rather, take your son Isaac up the side of the mountain and sacrifice the lamb. That was his last instruction. But then as they're making their way up the mountain, I'm sure Abraham's trying to figure out, I don't know what I'm going to do. I guess it's just your time. You lived a good little life, you know. It's just time for you to go. As he's walking up, then God gives another instruction. The instruction is, stop! There's a ram in the thicket. See, God is so committed to this that he only gives you enough information so you have to keep checking back in with him. Some of you say, Lord, I just don't know what to do in my life. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And God says, I'm only going to give you the next two steps because I know if I tell you the end of the thing, you're going to lose me and you're going to say, I'm not saying nothing. So God says, when you ask me questions, I'm going to tell you all you need to know. Lord, what I'm supposed to do today? Go right. And Lord, what else? Nothing. Y'all ain't saying nothing. You, you ever try to give directions to somebody and you knew they couldn't handle it? See, I'm one of them people. Don't be tough, Bishop, just you want to go about 14 miles southeast on the... What? Listen, man, what is it next to? Bishop, it's next to the Popeyes across from the Chronicle. Okay, just tell me that. Don't give me all these long lists of instructions because I'm already telling you I'm not listening. God knows that about us. So what he does is he says, I'm only going to give you the next step. So that you have to stay connected. And whenever you try to run out and do something with any complete information, God says, I won't let it mature and be all that it can be. Why? Because you need to get the next instruction. That's like trying to put together, you trying to put together a new bedroom set and you read the first instruction, take the pieces out the box. Got it. 
Come on, fellas. Y'all don't leave me hanging. Because we think we can fix everything. We can just figure it out. Well, that screw looks like it fits over there. That screw looks like it fits over there. I'm guilty. I'm notorious for it. Because did you read the instructions? No, I didn't read no instructions. Because it's four screws and four holes. Okay, I got to move. Y'all still with me. Okay, so you're from heaven. You're full of heaven. God says, I need to bring that out of you. So if you fight me all the time, my only recourse is to shake the earth up under you. Say, Lord, Lord, I refuse to fight you you any longer. longer. I submit submit to the kingdom kingdom coming forth out of me. me. Now, 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 so you're full of heaven, from heaven. What's the first thing from the first week? What do we learn? God gives you a new job. What's the job called? The high calling. The high calling means, means, means this. It means you're an ambassador sent amongst the world. One of the things about church folk that we have to break the mentality of is that we, 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 we only know how to be church folk. If you were put in an environment around non-church people, what would you do? How would you act? Would you begin to acquiesce to them and since they cuss, you cuss? Since they smoke them, well, let me get one too. No, I'm, I'm serious. What would you do when you're around folk that don't talk the same Christianese you talk? When you ask them how they do and they start cussing at you. I told y'all the story about what? <laughs> y'all remember the story? Y'all remember the story? Y'all want to hear the story? I t- well, for those of you that weren't here for the story. Pastor friend of mine, <clears throat> pastor friend of mine had a gentleman working in his home. He was painting in his home, and, and the man was listening. He had a preaching CD on, and the man was listening to the CD. And so the man starts listening. Man's not saved. Man's not a Christian, but he's listening to the word, and the word's getting him. I mean, it's getting him good. And so the man doesn't know. He don't know church protocol. He don't know how to properly address the man of God. He doesn't know to say sir, and yet he don't know all of that. So, so the man walks up and says, Woo! Is the beep beep beep? Man, I'm gonna get this beep for my friends because them blue bleeps need to hear this. Now, here's the question, Bishop. Bishop, so what did I do? Should I begin rebuking the cussing devil out of him? Ain't no such thing as a cussing devil. Or do you figure a way in? To be an ambassador to him. See, the problem with most church folk is they want a clean fist before they catch him. You, you, you can't clean no fish while it's still in the water, baby. You got to catch the thing first. Then once you get it out the water, you start. Y'all still here? Now, 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 now watch this. You have a job. The job is called the high calling. Now, we talked about, Bishop, how do I pursue the high calling? And you're already in one of the spheres. Got it? They are arts and entertainment, business. So let's just do this. How many people you work now in arts and entertainment? Put your hand up. Okay, good. All right. How many people you work now in business? Okay, great. How many people you work in education? Great. Okay, so let me, because some of y'all are trying to figure out. If you work a job, that's, that's business. So put your Okay. How many you work in business? Come on, church. So I'm not trying to figure out, I don't know which one I fit in. I... <laughs> That's the problem. You've been sent on assignment and you don't know what your assignment is. 
Touch him, Jesus. All right. How many people you have a family? Great. Okay, good. So everybody's, most of y'all raise your hands. Okay, good. How many people you work in government? You work in government. Okay, great. All right. How many people you work in media? Come on, tech folks. Put your hands up. <laughs> and how many folks come to church? Well, okay, there we go. All right, good. So that's the last one. Now, you're already in one of those spheres or more. Do you understand this? See, the greatest thing the enemy did to the church is make them think that something that was here was coming. Everybody's looking. Ooh, the kingdom's coming. The kingdom's coming. Wrong! It's here. Folks just don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Look to them and say, it's already here. You are it. Amen. Now, now, you're already in one of those. God says, I sent you there as an ambassador, not to acquiesce or to conform to them, but to make them conform to me. You got it? Now, let me tell you. Now, we talked about the fact there were six things, and I want to dig into these. There were six things that we talked about the high calling was going to do. You, you remember the first thing we said is the high calling was going to cost you something. It's going to cost you your comfort. It's going to cost you uh, your ability to do what you want, when you want, how you want, because you've grown. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, it's going to cost you something. And you got to be willing to pay the price. See, as believers, what does it cost us? It, it costs us the ability to freely indulge in sin, even if we want to. See, as believers, we're not sinless. We just said sin less. And, and why do I do it? And, and why? Because sometimes you may feel like do it, letting somebody have it or doing something you know is absolutely wrong. But here's the deal. I, if, if not just because I'm not going to do it because I'm filled with the kingdom, I'm possessed, I'm enthusiastic about God, there's people watching me. See, the enemy wants to make you think you're not as popular as you think you are. He wants you to think ain't nobody looking at you, ain't nobody watching you, Ain't nobody following you. Can I tell you all those are lies? You are popular. What you don't know is that the uh, media takeout is working on something more special on you. I'm being facetious. I cancel those words in the name of Jesus. Amen. <laughs> but do you understand my point? It's going to cost you something. This life we call Christianity is not just God, give me, give me, give me. God, bless me, bless me, bless me. God, help me, help me, help me. That's not Christianity, not in the Bible. That is witchcraft. That's paganism. That's what that is. It's going to cost you something. Why am I nice to people? Sometimes I don't feel like being nice to people. I'm not talking about me personally. I'm talking about you in the third person. <laughs> you may not feel like being courteous and calm, cool, and collected to people. Sometimes you want to tell them what somebody should have told them 10 years ago. Got it? But the scripture says we have to season our speech with salt. Which means I want to let you have it. But the Bible says I got to put some salt on it. What does that mean? Make it taste more appealing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Second thing we talked about, second thing we talked about is, 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 is Paul, when we're looking in this first part of that message, and I encourage you to get the CDs or DVDs if you, if you haven't been here for the series so you can kind of be where we're at. As Paul said in Philippians, he said to look out for dogs. There are people that are around you that will, what, what does a dog do? I was talking to somebody at night, and, and I had this phrase called an idiot dog. They said, don't be an idiot dog. 
Okay, let me tell you about an idiot dog. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be able to find out whether that's your idiot dog. Because I submit to you, somebody listening to me is an idiot dog. Listen to me. An idiot, the origin of the word means one's own self-destruction. Devil don't need to even get involved. They're going to find a way to mess it up. God gives them a great wife, they find a way to mess it up. God gives them a good husband, they find a way to mess it up. God takes them to a great church, they find a way to mess it up. They find something crazy. God gives a good job, they find a way to mess it up. Got it? That's an idiot. Where's a dog? A dog returns to its own vomit. So a dog will excrete oily or the other way. Then come back to it, sniff it, lick it, and eat it. Now, now you're saying, Bishop, that's pretty graphic. That's pretty gross. But that's what lots of people look like in the spirit. God delivers them from a bad relationship. And that idiot dog. You're an idiot dog. No, don't you blame God. You're an idiot dog. Come on, this is Wednesday night, so can I preach to you real, or do you want me to cut? I can put some candy, candy, uh, counting candy around it, or I can give it to you the way you need it. See, because I'm raising up a kingdom people. I'm raising up a mighty people that when we speak to age, it's going to listen. That when we speak to disease, it's going to listen. That when we say no more homelessness in our city, it's going to listen. It can't listen to babies. It's got to listen to mature believers. That's why you're a church on a Wednesday night, because you're a mature believer. Got it? Now, 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 now. An idiot dog goes back to, that's a wonderful friend. I'm going to write a book. I'm working on another book, too. I can't tell you the title, though. I got the trademark at first. I got to finish Sins of the Fathers, though, first. I'm almost done with that. Okay. Watch this. An idiot dog, God will bring them out of something. A few months will pass. An idiot dog will go back to it and forget all of why they left it. An idiot dog will talk. Oh, I had this friend, and they betrayed me, and they did me wrong, and they did this, and they were talking about me, and they did this. Three months pass, and idiot dog says, what you doing? You want to go get breakfast? <laughs> idiot dog. It's quiet in the sanctified church. <laughs> you, you, you get out of a bad relationship. I mean, it's just, a bad, it's, it's just unhealthy. It's not good for you. It's not good for them. It ain't healthy for nobody. I mean, it's just toxic. It's like, you know, green stuff in a tube. It's toxic. You'll say, Lord, does it get me out of this? Oh, Lord, I'll just I'll serve you all day in my life, Jesus. Just get me out of this. God says, I'll get you out of it. An idiot dog says, well, it's been six months. Maybe they changed. Nope. Can I tell you a secret about people? People have this conception that that I can fix them. Relationships, friendships, employees, employers, whatever it is, I can fix them. If if I'm just around them enough, I'll fix them. Can we please tell the truth? Or I will ask the revealing Holy Ghost to reveal. 
Listen, what are you trying to say to us? We have this concept sometimes that if I just love him enough, I'm going to love all of what his last woman did to him out of him. If I just love her enough, I'm going to love all of her insecurities and all of her issues. I'm going to love him out of her. Here's the problem. Here's just basic science. You ready? Because God is omniscient, omniscience. He knows everything there is to know about science. No, literally, it means he's all-knowing. Science is to know. Got it? Watch this. Basic experimentation says you have to change one of the variables in order to see a different result. Okay? So if, if I put some Coca-Cola in a Mentos and it explodes or, or whatever, okay, great. But to know whether or not there's going to be change, I have to change one of the variables. So I can't put a Mentos next time. Now I got to put a Tic Tac. Or now I can't use regular Coke. I got to use a Diet Coke. The problem we have with thinking people change is no variables change except time. Time doesn't change people. The only thing that changes people is what they do in the time. But time does not change people. People say time heals all wounds. If you're healing... Okay, this is, okay, all right, come on, all right, okay, all right, come on, okay, all right. Okay, then, then we talk about watch out for mutilation. We talked about watch out for evil workers. Uh, the, the third thing we talked about for this high calling, and I want to just dig a little deeper. Y'all all right? Give me just a few minutes. I'm almost through. It requires suffering. Now, we talked about suffering because many Christians have, a, have a, a, uh, sometimes a, an inappropriate view of what suffering is. Suffering is where God, let me give you a real, a real version. You'll be able to remember this all the way home. Got it? Suffering is when God starts a fight, makes you finish it. <laughs> suffering is when you did everything you were supposed to, and yet X still occurred. That's suffering. The high calling is going to require you going through some of that. And when you're dealing with it, you're supposed to deal with it. Let's connect these dots. How? Enthusiastically. Got it? That's why the scripture says, in all things, do what? Give thanks. He didn't say for all things. So, so if you have a problem with your automobile, you don't say, oh, thank you, Lord, that I got this car that don't work. No, no, you don't say that. What you say is, Lord, in this, I'm going to give thanks. Why? Because I'm enthusiastic. I'm so full of God. I'm not going to let this distract me. Requires suffering. Y'all still here? Fourth thing we talked about. Is, is when you're dealing with this high calling, never think you've arrived. That's important, church, because the worst thing is an arrogant believer. Not confident, arrogant. Arrogant believers really, really bug me. Because, you know, they know four words in Hebrew, and they think they know the whole Bible. And they're going to try to come down the line and school me. And, you know, and, and not that I'm unteachable, but you need to know more than me if you're going to try to teach I'm just saying. Don't, don't let people come up to you and try to school you on what's going on. They talk, man, did you know the Bible, this, that, and that? No, listen. See, but wait a minute. No, no, don't say that. Y'all, y'all got friends like that on your job that they're going to try to come and school you. We was talking about this in circle group yesterday and, and all this kind of thing. And did you know this and this? And did you know only 144,000 people going to be with the Lord? Yeah. You know what you do? Say, go to www. Go, dot mm -hmm. h a r v e s t 
No, no, backspace, S-T-C-C dot me. Because you are unlearned. But you can ne- we can never think we've arrived. We always have to remain teachable. What that means is that, God, I'm open to learning lessons that I thought I already learned. And when you're teachable, let me tell you, let me help those of you, too, if you're an employee and you're dealing with your employer, if you're teachable, you, you ain't got to pray for the promotion. You will attract it. Because management always promotes folk that they know they're not going to get there and try to tell me this, that, and the other. They're going to remain teachable. So I just helped somebody get a promotion. You were praying for it, and get there's the answer. Be teachable. Okay, okay, okay. You still with me? All right. The fifth thing we talked about from the high calling was to forget the pains and failures of yesterday, but remember the lessons. Hurt people hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. People that are really hurting hurt people. People that thought they was done hurting but still hurting hurt people. Okay? Here's the deal. When the scripture says, people say the Bible says forgive and forget. It don't say that. He forgives and forgets. I'm going to be like him. <laughs> but I'm not him. Y'all better come on now. Don't y'all look at me with that tone of voice. Bishop, what do you mean? I forget the pain of what was done to me. But I don't forget the lesson. I look and I say, okay, I learned this. I learned this about me. I learned this about me. I learned this about me. I was counseling somebody about a relationship uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they were 10 and sharing with me and all this. And I said, well, why do you think? I said, because this is, the, this is not the first time you're in this. Why do you think that, that, that you keep attracting the same kind of individual? Maybe it's not them. I said, this is just a thought. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe it's got something to do with something in you that you thought was gone. And then when I said that, immediately the person spouted out and said, I know exactly what it is. Such and such happened to me when I was this, this, and that, and this, this, and that. I said, good. I said, so you've been living there for the past 20 years. No, 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 no. No, no, no. I need you to get this. When you let the trauma and pain stop you, you stop growing, which means you may have a 47-year-old body, but you're still 16. Because you still got pain from that year. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So let's say this together. Say, Lord, I release the pain and failures of my yesterday. Thank you for the lessons. But I'm ready to move on. I've got too much to do. Too much to conquer. Too much to take over. I'm forgiven. So I forgive. I, I, I've got I got to stop because I'm out of time, but 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 I want to I want to deal with this. Say enthusiasm. enthusiasm. All right. There there were five things I gave you on Sunday about enthusiasm, and I want to just review the very first thing. Can we review that? I want you to flip to Deuteronomy 28. Is this helping you to sink in a little bit more what you've been getting on Sundays? Amen. We're just talking it over. We're doing what they did in the scriptures, talking it over. That's all. We're just talking it over. All right. Now, now watch this. 
Jesus said, it rains on the who? That means it's going to rain on you and it's going to rain on the person that you work with that don't serve God. Got it? What's the point? Both folks going to have to deal with stuff and go through stuff. But, but the difference is, watch this, as believers, when we confront stuff and have to deal with stuff, when we're dealing with it, it is always an indicator. Can, can I treat y'all like y'all were a Bible college class real quick? Let, let's connect some dots. You ready? Now, Hebrews 12 says when God speaks, it what? Shakes the earth, the topography up under you. It shakes your world. Got it? Which means he could be speaking to the person next to you and not be speaking to you. And then you're trying to figure out, well, why are you going through this? And why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? Because it, while we're on the same date, we're not in the same day. When he speaks... His voice is a sound. Say sound. Have you ever been looking at the sky and you heard an airplane, but you had not seen it yet? Come on, I was just doing it yesterday. I said, where did I play that? Watch, watch this. Tribulation is always an indication that something you can't see yet it's coming. Your neighbor, your neighbor's not with me. I'm going to say it again. When you are dealing with tribulation, it is a what? Sound. A sound always occurs before the manifestation of. Which means God says whatever tribulation you're dealing with as a believer and as a kingdom believer it's not in vain. It's not in vain because the sound of the tribulation is an indication that something you've been praying for is finally getting ready to step up. What you've been believing for is finally getting ready to step on the scene. And God says, I sent the sound of tribulation to announce the way that what you've been praying for for 10 years, what you've been believing for for years is finally coming. And it's here. Somebody shout, it's here. All right. Look at this last thing. I got to finish because I'm out of time. Deuteronomy 28. So that's why I handle it with enthusiasm. Why? Because the sound is an indication that something's getting ready to manifest. <laughs> the sound is an indication. Because here's the deal. Those planes, that sound will start from far away. And then finally, you look at that thing, and it'll be a big old plane turning and moving and coming. And by the time you actually see it, it's far closer to you than you originally thought it was based on the sound. Amen. See, what the enemy wants you to do is while you're going through the tribulation, he wants you to think that it's so far away that it's not happening. But when I realize I'm from heaven, I'm full of heaven, I'm sent here to manifest heaven. It's appearing. I see it. Now look at this. Uh, Deuteronomy 28, go to verse 47. I just got to deal with this one thing. <clears throat> it says, if you do not serve the Lord your God with what? Joy and what? And gladness of heart. The, the original word there is enthusiasm. For the abundant benefits you have received. Look at verse 48. You will serve your enemies. Whom, who will send? 
the Lord will send against you. And then he tells you what you're going to be. Hungry, thirsty, naked, and lacking in everything. Amen. Amen. Why is this so important? Because let's just go ahead back to where we started. You are a book of the Bible that's being written right now. And any good book has peaks. You know what makes the, the good stories good is when you see how bad it had to get. I, I watch biographies a lot because I like to see the story and the journey of people. And I was watching, uh, I, I was watching the one of Boys to Men on, on the other day. And, you know, uh, you know uh, Boys to Men. What they sing? Give me some. What they sing? Bended knee. Uh, okay. End of the road. That's it. Now watch this. They're behind. Watch this. It's Black History Month. Black History Fact. Watch this. They were the highest grossing R&B group of all time. What time? All time. Okay. They were the top act on Motown, including the Jacksons. Of course, the men was. But, but here's the story. Can, can I tell you the story? I'm be like a Baptist preacher. I'm, I'm getting ready to close. Oh, Lord. Mm, Jesus. And so, the young man, <laughs> Bill Bib DeVoe was in town. Got it? And Michael Bivens, uh, the, the, I forget the guy's name, the, the, the one with the curly hair and boys to men. He ki- what's his name? Who? Wanye, Craig,
We all know a guy who only occasionally shaves for big occasions, and it's because that occasional shave really hurts. It's the time of year for big occasions, and yet there he is, suffering with that cheap drugstore razor. Let's help him out. Henson Shaving's line of razors, built with aerospace precision, deliver a smooth shave your dad, brother, and even son can enjoy, eventually. With replacement blades just 10 cents each, you'll buy it once, and they'll use it for life. How's that for the perfect gift? Celebrate with 100 free blades on your first purchase, and no subscription headaches. HensonShaving.com slash holiday. Don't forget that your skin is your largest organ, and the sun can be your skin's worst enemy. Dermatologist-recommended Neutrogena products offer the ultimate protection for your skin. From makeup remover wipes to Hydro Boost Water Gel Facial Moisturizer, BJ's has your entire lineup of Neutrogena skincare products. And now through December 3rd, save $4 on any Neutrogena product at BJ's. Love your skin back and save now through December 3rd, only at BJ's.